Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Alright, welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are checking in on Tuesday night, talking about the crazy news in the NFL. Well, there's not much news in the NFL right now, folks. There's really not. There's really not much with your Cleveland Browns. It is the beginning, as I say, on every episode of the dark times of the NFL where there's just not much going on. Not much news to be broken. Not many talking points to go through. So we will create our own talking points over the next... You know, month and a half here, we're going to have uh, a uniforms ranking discussion coming up in the next two days, quarterback tiers, we have AFC contender series, which got bumped tonight because the guest from the Bills bailed on us, so, you know, put a bad hex on the Bills. He, he's, he had uh, some things come up. He'd hopefully join us tomorrow night, but uh, we'll keep doing as many creative things as we can. I have a couple great ideas from you guys, the listeners who I think have done a really great job sending over some concept ideas that you think would be fun to listen to. We will get into those at some point as well. And then we will, as July starts to get going, as they start to creep back toward Cleveland at the end of that month, we'll start position-by-position breakdowns, going through previews, fits, all that fun stuff. So hang in there. We're going to get to the fun stuff eventually. I do want to talk... With our guest tonight, who his name's Corey Kennan. I've had Corey on before. I think he does a great job breaking down college prospects, NFL pro, NFL games, conversation points, data points. He's a great follow. He's at Real Corey Kennan. That's two ends in the middle of Kennan. You should follow him. I think he does a good job. And uh, wherever he's been, he's been at a, a couple different places, and I'm excited to see where he eventually goes to cover it. You know, the NFL and college ball this year. Corey, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. As you said, just kind of kind of laying low for a little bit. It's nice to have a little hiatus, um, get back to, to doing things on my own time. But I'm definitely looking forward to, again, whatever's next. But for now, I'm good. A hiatus sounds good, I'll be honest with you. It sounds <laughs> real good. Uh, but let's let's talk, man. This is a serious conversation about a serious topic. And I'm, I'm a firm believer of we all lead weird lives on this earth. We get one of them, you know, these lives are filled with tough decisions, they're filled with regret. They're filled with mistakes. They're filled with uh, making, trying to make other people happy around you and, and thus making decisions based off that. And in professional sports today, as much as I think society has made a turn for really positive uh, feedback, and I was really pleased with the feedback, at least in the little small social world of, of, of Twitter, uh, with, with the news from Carl Nassib that he came out openly gay and that is a super rare thing because before we came on this podcast, Corey and I were kind of going through other sports leagues about any other openly gay athletes, and there just aren't. There's there's very little traction. The names we came across in baseball were not the Billy Bean that we know as the famous GM uh, across the history of the Oakland A's. It's a different Billy Bean. The other name we just talked about two minutes ago, I can't even remember. Um, Michael Sam in the NFL, who we remember came out before the combine and into the combine, the draft process did get drafted, didn't make, didn't make a final roster with the Rams. And then the, one of the Collins twins in the NBA, the only other one there, there is no doubt in my mind, Corey, 
that there have been other gay athletes in these sports and they've just not come out. And that is why what Carl did and, uh, you know, he was, I, I don't, I don't even know if Carl knows how big a deal it is. I don't know. I don't know. Because if I'm going to be honest, I had no idea. And, you know, sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. And I was on the way, Hey man, that's out of left field, but God, that's awesome. And you're happy for him because we saw him up close and personal in Cleveland and, we got to know him. He, the, the, everybody seems to remember him from the HBO's Hard Knocks, the mm-hmm. financial literacy speech. And Carl was a pretty confident. I guess there's really no knowing this stuff, man. We don't know enough about these guys' personal lives sometimes. But I just never would have guessed. And I don't mean, and that's just me not thinking about it. It's just like I just didn't think. I don't think about these guys in that way sometimes. So like, I heard it. And he seems to be in a great place. He drew awareness to the right causes, where he donated a hundred thousand uh, dollars to to uh, help me out there. Do you do you remember the name of that? Uh, yes, charity? it was the uh, the Trevor the Trevor Project. Yeah, which is so great, man, because the the statistic yeah. he shared about just getting acceptance from one person in your life when you come out as openly gay, it it is a forty percent reduction in in suicidal thoughts or suicidal actions and that's huge man like that's huge i'm Corey, i'm a big believer in everybody should be happy and that means if you want to pursue um the same sex if you want to change sex because you think you should be something else i just want to see everyone be happy i don't that that to me is the the above all else and i came from small town ohio i i I, it was you know 2007 graduate i it was the, the the terrible language was prevalent, not in a nefarious way, I would say, but just a part of culture. Like if I look back at yeah. Facebook from like my early college years, oh eight, oh nine, like some friends wrote on my wall some stuff that like if they said that word today, they'd be like, "What are you right. doing, man?" It's just it, I like that it's changed a lot, and uh, I like where culture's gone there. And I'm really happy for Carl. I think he seems at peace with it, and 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 he's not just a guy; he's a dude. He's a player. He's an NFL roster player. He's a real dude. And that matters too, right? It does. It does. So I hope, especially when we're talking about the NFL, which is pretty classically understood as, or like historically people say like, oh, football, like that's where like the the manly men play football. Mm -hmm. We don't care about CTE. We want to see hard hits. Like there's a different context to that. I think we, I would like to get to a place where it happens before guys get their second contracts that are you know so sure good for carl he locked down his money but i, I wonder if part of that was strategic as well like i need to get this contract before it has I, to I be say something yeah and I, I hope we get to a place where that doesn't happen um but it's definitely huge i mean I, the guy has 37 career starts so it's different than a guy i mean definitely still courageous for michael sam but it, it has a different impact i think when it is an active the first active roster player a guy who has 37 starts under his belt um nothing but love for carl nassib nothing but 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 um respect um good dude i'm happy for him so yeah i i I, I guess what was jarring to me is i i don't know if the word jarring is right i i was really surprised about that i guess like looking back on it's like okay cool you know i didn't know that about him had no idea had no i mean i was up close and interviewed carl i was you know foot away from asking questions and there are listen there are sometimes I think, and I played with 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 guys at the college level who came out later, and I was like, "Yeah, I could kind of tell." I mean, and that's okay. Like, I don't care. It was never a level of discomfort around anybody uh, at at that time, and that was again like oh eight, oh nine, ten area. 
And I just didn't know. I didn't have any idea with Carl. And he's just kind of like the the buzz cut all American looking guy. And 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 I just think that this is. I think that since I've sat down to think about it and I wanted to talk about it tonight, is how rare it is. It just like I, I know that a part of it, Carl just seems kind of like a no nonsense dude. He's always kind of been that way. From times you could tell, talk to him, he just never beat around the bush. It was always like. Mm-hmm. Very matter of fact about the way he answered questions or the times he's up in front of people talking, as we saw on HBO. Like, um, I just, I, I just didn't realize how rare it is, and kind of, I'm kind of sad about that. About Carl Nassib feels like it should be like just an- another of a long line, but there, he's the front of the line now, and it's pretty rare. And I just, it's kind of sad because he said in his speech on Instagram that. And I'd like to get to the point where someday we don't have to do this. I don't have to make an announcement about this. And and I hope they get there. I hope the world gets there too. And I, I genuinely think we've made strides. I don't hang out with younger folks, so I don't know what the crowds are talking or how they're talking to each other. I don't know. I have nephews who are, you know, 14, 15 going into high school, and I don't hear them use that stuff. I don't think it's as prevalent, prevalent as it as it used to be especially the harsh language, things like that. I, I do think there's still a stigma from some areas, some small town areas. There's ugly parts of this country. There's no doubt about that. But it feels like the environment's getting better. And I hope Carl is the guy we look back on this in 10 years. And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember when Carl was the first one. And now we have all of these other folks who feel comfortable being themselves. Because that's that's all we should want, man, is guys yeah. to be able to feel comfortable being themselves and not feel judged or feel uncomfortable. And I, I just I like that, that Carl is a player. He's a, he's a real dude in the league. He's not, you know, Carl's not a pro bowl player, but he's a real rotational player. And that I and like I said, man, that matters because it's not like he can just be dumped. If you dump Carl Nassim now, it's like your intentions are pretty clear, you know? It's not you you can't just get rid of him. So, um I think that like you said, he was strategic about that and I think that that'll that'll help like a guy being in the league four or five more years leading the forefront of this thing could be hugely impactful, right? Right, and I just hope it it gets to a point where like players don't have to feel like it's going to impact their future money or their future draft status or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I think that's kind of where is more strategic for for Carl is if like if he would have said something like this on his rookie deal, what would his second contract have looked like? I mean, the dude got ten million dollars a year last off season, so. Um, I would just hope we get to a point where like guys aren't worried about their their future outlook being impacted by by a personal like a, a, like by who they are as a person. So yeah, um, yeah. And I and I I like the support from the NFL world that you saw. Oh, he's gotten a lot of too. very good support. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There will be there will be some guys who say I would imagine if you mic'd Carl up all year, there would be some things that are said uh, that that uh, that we won't love, but. I think that, that for the most part it seemed positive when it could have been ugly from the start. I haven't really seen any of that stuff. So, like I said, I'm sure it'll come. I, I don't know if it ends up opening a can of of uh, of whatever the future can you know spill a nice way into the future with this whole thing. I, I hope that happens. Certainly not guaranteed, but I hope it does. And I'm positive about that. And I think you should be too. I think we should all just want everybody to be happy at the end of the day. I can't say it in any other way than, you know, why would you wish for somebody to not live their best life? We get one chance on this earth, man. And you should live it every second openly and comfortably, whatever you are, whatever your decision is. And I hope that I hope that the that Carl can 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 find happiness and I hope he 
plays well, except for one game next year. I hope he plays well. And has a great <laughs> year and is a focal point of that. So, okay, we're going to switch topics. But before we do so, I want to give a quick word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Listen, we gotta we gotta find some talking points. I think Pro Football Focus give them hell for their grades, Corey. They drive the conversation points, and sometimes to the point where you roll your eyes, right? But like they drive conversation. And a time like this where we need some conversation, uh, John Johnson checks in. They're doing a top fifty list. Uh, he checks in at number forty one. He's the first Browns player on there, which is great to pick up a top fifty NFL player in free agency is is great, and especially not to break the bank. So right. I did like that. Uh, a, does it feel right to you that he checks in around 41? And then B, what other players do you think remain on this list for Cleveland? Yeah, so I think 41 sounds good. Like I want to start thinking about it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, 41, that seems low. But then I think like, well, how – top what of, of his position is he? And it's like, okay, top three to five. Okay, and then there's what? 10 different 20, positions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's 50 right there. So, yeah, four, 41 sounds good. And so, like, that's kind of the lens that I'm trying to think of. Like, okay, who else is, like, top five at their position? Who could who could be on this list? And I, I think there's maybe three that might come up. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say Baker because Baker's an analytical darling, and PFF loves Baker Mayfield. And I think he was, like, their eighth overall quarterback by the end of the year. But eighth overall quarterback's probably not cracking a top fifty list league wide. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say pro- uh, Miles is for sure on the list. I don't think there's any way Miles can't be on that list. Um, so that that's the the glaring one. That's like okay, yeah, he's he's in there somewhere. Um, Nick Chubb is probably on there too. I think PFF has him graded as like their top running back. Perhaps I think I'm, I could be off on so that. Surprisingly, he graded worse last year than he ever has for them. Which you know, really I, grading running backs is so hard. I think it's one of the hardest things that they could possibly grade because it is the most subjective. Oh, he should have cut there. Oh, but but technically he's reading A to B, and he shouldn't cut there because that's not the read. You know, it's like. The running back grades are tough for me. So, like, he was grading poorly in some games where I was like, dude, he dominated that football game. I don't understand how they're saying he didn't play well. In this. I don't know. But anyway, I do think Nick has a really good chance to be on there. There's a couple more might come to mind for me. I'm going to see if you have them. I have two more as well. So, I think Wyatt Teller mm-hmm. uh, had a dynamic year last year. So, I think I think Teller could crack the list if we're just going off 2020 tape. If we're just yeah. going off 2020 seasons into 2021. Wyatt Teller has a good chance to be on there. Uh, and then 
it should be a sleeper because he was an all pro, but I think Jack Conklin might also make an appearance. I think you're right. I think those two are definitely going to be consideration. Joel Batonio has a chance. They love him. They love his pass blocking grades. I don't know that he gets on it. I think the only real list I've seen, though, was the laughable list from what's his name? Uh, who is he from CBS? It was so oh, bad. Was his Pete top Prisco? 100. Pete yeah. Prisco. Oh, oh it was horrible. So bad. Listen, <laughs> Jack man. Conklin not even on the top yeah. 100. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Pete, Pete's been around the league for a long time and, like, respect for that man, but you can't put that list out and then argue with the people that he was arguing with about it. Oh, no. Not at all. Spend all their hours <laughs> watching this stuff, and it's like, okay, man, you do you, but, like, you're not really looking great here. So, no. um, yeah, John, John Johnson is uh, a guy that I think in the process of looking at, like, Grant Delpit and all these guys coming back from injury, you get excited about JOK, you get excited about Clowney. Oh yeah, they got a really good safety. <laughs> I think we will we will soon be reminded of how good he is because yes. he's going to make a massive impact. Uh, another kind of trivia question for you here because I got one more closing question after this one, Corey. So a better, a crazy better man. These people with their money are stupid. He puts seven hundred dollars on the Browns, two fifty to one odds to come away with the worst record in the NFL. So to me, it's like peeing away your money. But if he hits it, it's a hundred seventy-five thousand dollar profit. There have been five teams to go in the Super Bowl era. Five teams to go from playoffs to just out and the worst record the next year. So immediately going from the playoffs to gone in the next year. So let's see if you have any idea what any of these teams could be off the top of your head. To the, I will give you the first one. While you think about some more modern ones, the okay. first one you would never get. Okay? okay? I would be absolutely stunned. It's 93 Houston Oilers go to the playoffs, run and shoot, Warren Moon shredding the league. And then 94, they, they traded away Warren Moon, and it all went to hell. They finished 2-14. and 14. They did draft a young man named Steve McNair, though, so it worked out. This is the kind of the ironic thing about this whole list is, who these teams drafted, but that's the first one. The other one involves a Hall of Fame quarterback. Year the one year to the next. Any idea? One year to late nineties. Late yep. 90s so terrible team. Then they draft a Hall of Fame quarterback. Late nineties. Oh, you're mad man. at yourself if you don't get this one. Late nineties. A very enigmatic coach was the quarterback of these teams before they tanked and ended up getting the Hall of Fame quarterback. An enigmatic coach. Getting a Hall of Fame quarterback. I want to... Ah. I got a timeout. 1996, Colts uh, with Jim Harbaugh went 9-7. and seven. Then the next year, they went 3-13 and 13 in 97. 96, they go 9-7, and seven, lose the wild card. They get blown out by Pittsburgh. 97, 3-13, they draft a young man named Peyton Manning out of Tennessee. All right, keeping going. 2002... This these are tough. tough. This is yeah. I, these are good for our listeners too because this is like flashback city here. 2002 is the next team. They had gone to the Super Bowl in 2000, lost it. Then 2002 comes, uh, and they they have a playoff year where they lose in one of the wildest finishes that probably is never talked about. This team was up 38-14, okay. lost in the wild card. Up 38-14, lost, and the play that they lost on was a botched field goal hold. So then in 2003, they go 4-12 and end up drafting the brother of the quarterback we just talked about. Oh, it's the Giants. It is the Giants. So they went to the Super Bowl in 2000, lost to the Ravens. This is Jim Fossil, rest in peace, uh, Mm -hmm. recently passed away. That game, I was watching some highlights of that game. Pretty crazy, 39-38. I I didn't know, I can remember that they were up 38-14, but they botched the hold. 
and that's when the ball was thrown downfield and like there was a pass interference yeah. on the lineman trying to catch it and they didn't call it which is funny but that they, they went four and twelve in 2003 they drafted eli and won some super bowls now yeah. another team 2010 we're getting more recent this one you should know okay 2010 go to the playoffs they go 10 and 6 upset by the jets in the wild card round the next year they go 2 and 14 then in 2012's draft they draft an elite 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 quarterback okay you gotta get you gotta get this one 2012 they draft an elite quarterback yeah the 2011 year they went 2 and 14 and then 2012 draft it's the colts again Ironically yeah. enough, they lost Manning, who went out for that year. They go two and fourteen. Yeah. They draft Andrew Luck. The last one's two thousand twelve into two thousand thirteen. I did not remember this one whatsoever. So uh, the two thousand twelve team goes twelve and four, lose to the Patriots in the divisional round, and then two thousand thirteen, they start out two and zero before finishing two and fourteen, and then they draft end up drafting a player with that high pick that is now on the Cleveland Browns roster. Yeah, it's the Texans. It yeah, is the Texans. Be the Texans. They, I was trying to think draft. who had the first pick in the 2014 draft. <laughs> yeah, the Texans. So they, they yeah. did clowny. Yeah. So that's what the yeah. guy bet. Seven hundred bucks that the Browns go from twelve and what is it, eleven and five in the playoffs, twelve wins, twelve and five total after the whole thing, and then they they go to the worst record in the league. So it had to be a lot of injuries, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I don't I don't know if that happens. Anyway, uh, w- listen before I go. I think a fun topic for some folks has been the conversation around extensions. We're not going to do this thing where we go through all these guys and talk extensions, but I give you the Andrew Barry figurative wand here. You can you can go into this thing and you can you can sign one guy. You can guarantee you're going to get him at a good rate. You're going to keep him for a nice second or third contract, whatever the guy is you pick. Reasonably good rate, market value rate. Let's put it that way. Who's your wand going to? You can you a can guy bring who's any on an expir- expiring deal. Yeah, like a guy who you know of these of the players. The Browns have this weird thing where they decided to draft well all at one time, so they don't stagger their guys like a lot of teams do. They got to assign all these SOBs at one time. So you get the wand here. You can get one contract done before the season. Who you who you using that contract on? I'm going Denzel Ward. I couldn't agree more. Give me your reasoning. Uh, one, I, I believe. The outside of quarterback, cornerback is the most important position in football. Um, and I don't think you could ever have too many corners. And looking at the Browns roster, you have Troy Hill, who's here for two years. Probably he's not seeing that. I don't even know if he has a third year, uh, but probably two years. Uh, and then we have Greedy Williams, who hasn't played in a year and a half. Uh, and then Greg Newsom, who's also missed a, 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 quite a bit of time. Um and I, I get that Denzel Ward has also missed quite a bit of time. Um, but I think Denzel Ward is closer to being an elite cornerback than he is to being just slightly above average. Um, I think a healthy Denzel Ward for an entire season, which last year I think he, he got chipped a little bit with, with the, the COVID protocols. But uh, we saw a very good Denzel Ward. Um, and when you're going up against, if you're talking about competing with the Kansas City Chiefs, um, if you're talking about the Miami Dolphins just added a ton of speed to their to their lineup, these are the teams that are probably going to be, the Buffalo Bills, these are the teams, the the, the, the Ravens, these are the teams that are going to be, uh, you're going to be competing with every year, and they're 3-4 they're deep at wide receiver. So um, give me as many cornerbacks as possible. Yeah, give me a really good one. And he hasn't had like a major ligament tear. He hasn't had anything crazy happen. He's just had nagging 
soft tissue injuries that happen. And he's got the concussion thing out of the way. I thought he's bounced back yeah. after his rookie year really well with those. So, again, as a guy, you don't want to sit here and eliminate the possibility of a guy long-term just because he's got some nagging soft tissue. Those things can go away. If you get stronger, your body develops. He's still 24, man. I know I talk mm-hmm. about this on this podcast all the time. Still 24. He's got a lot of growing to do. He could get stronger, and you don't want to send him off to another team, and then he plays eight straight years without missing a game. And you're like, we're idiots. Why do we do that? So... Sign him. Keep him. Make him happy. Yeah. He wants to be a Cleveland guy his whole life. He's obviously grown up around the area. He stayed in Ohio. Make it happen. So, I'm with you. Yeah. Great decision. Corey, you're the best man. Thanks for joining on short notice. We really appreciate your insights, man. Absolutely. Anytime, Jake. Okay, big shout out to Corey for joining us, taking some time. I shot him a DM at like, I don't know, 10 o'clock and he was willing to come on the show. That takes uh, takes a lot of guts. You know, to be able to do that for somebody. So I appreciate Corey taking time, man, for helping us out and tackling a really serious topic. And uh, I, I know people in my life who have dealt with that topic, uh, continue to deal with that topic of, of being open and, and transparent about their sexual preferences. And I hope if you have anybody in your life who needs that help, who needs the urge to, to, to do what's right for them, you know, their mental psyche, that you can be there for them. I, I try to pride myself on doing that for folks as best I can. Not perfect. None of us are. Uh, but I, I try my best. And I, I'm really happy for Carl and happy for his family. And uh, really, really nice to see the way the NFL has reacted to this. And I hope that continues to happen. And I think it will. So exciting stuff. And that's a wrap for today. Make sure, again, you spread the word on this podcast. Download it. Uh, if you can, subscribe because then it automatically downloads. You can leave me a nice five-star review if you would like but just listening is enough i appreciate it the numbers have been really strong in a really tough time of year to put out consistent podcast work we're going to get to training camp and then we're going to get to the season we're going to have a ton of fun things to talk about so many great ideas for this thing so stick with us i hope you enjoy this content hopefully you enjoyed today and again thank you to Corey for joining us so until we talk next time we'll be back on wednesday should have a pretty pretty fun topic for us to uh to tackle on wednesday too so uh look forward to you guys listening to that one as well until next time guys appreciate you go browns This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.